Somebody say boogie? Everybody in New Orleans must boogie. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ozone. Live from Koreatown on a gloomy day. We're back at you. I'm your host, Omar Miller. You can find me on Instagram at Omar Benson Miller or on Twitter at Omar Miller. I'm here with my fabulous brother, Terry Miller. The icons. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get down boogie, oogie, oogie. Uh, wow. We got a lot to cover. So we're getting down boogie, oogie, oogie today, folks. We got a lot rolling. A lot of stuff happened in, in the world of sports this week, including a massive trade uh, with the Sacramento Kings and the New Orleans huge. Pelicans. <laughs> huge. Trust me. Trust me. Huge. huge. <laughs> Big trade popping off. We got a new world number one in the world of golf. Um, we have some very, very disturbing developments that have happened in the world of gymnastics and college football right. uh, with some molestation that... It just is just, seems like it never ends, right? It's a real problem. We want to speak on that. Uh, and the New York Yankees have had come to a decision through arbitration with their setup man slash part time closer Deline Betances that I feel like is very interesting. It's going to play out in some very interesting ways over the next few years. To be honest, they're going to pay for it. You got to pay. You got to pay. I feel like they got to pay. They do. It's uh, I don't, I don't know why you would want to put, you know, I don't know why you'd want to do that, to be honest. But but let's let's go in decency and in order, brother. Let's do that. And then, uh, you know, we want to talk about the uh, NBA All Star Weekend that went down. You know, I is the All Star Game just an excuse for everybody to get together, or is the defense the no right. defense? We got a lot to cover. But let's fire it up. We're let's get it on, and let's start off with that trade. Boy, oh boy, have I got news for you. This wow. is the first in and uh, what I think is going to be a flurry of activity by Thursday, the NBA trade deadline. Really? You think it's going down? I'm hoping that Greg Monroe gets moved because I have him on my fantasy squad. <laughs> You're so selfish. <laughs> and I want him to start getting busy like he has the potential to do. Wow. But now, let's, let's go through the brass tacks of the trade itself. Mm -hmm. We got the best big man in the league. Without question. Without question. DeMarcus Cousins, a.k.a. Boogie, uh, is getting traded. He's going to Nowlands for pretty much half of the New Orleans team. <laughs> right. But but it's funny because everybody seems to think that Sacramento got the short end of the stick, which I find pretty interesting. What do you think about it? Let's, let's just go over the numbers. They're going Cousins and uh, Omri Caspi. Omri Caspi are going to New Orleans for Buddy Heald, Tyreek Evans, who used to ball in Sacramento. He right. seems like something, somehow or another, the city of New Orleans didn't really agree with him. I think he got a lot of injuries in New Orleans as well. He did. Yeah. He did. Uh, Langston Galloway and the 2017 first-round pick and the 2017 second-rounder. Did you throw Buddy Heald in there? Yeah. And that's uh, to me, that's loading up. That's a reload. Yeah. You know what? They're supposed to be, like, crazy high on Buddy Heald. That's what made them pull the trigger because they actually wanted Brandon Ingram and the Lakers wouldn't give him up. Which makes all the sense in the world. I wouldn't give him up either if I was a Lake Show. Why not? Uh, because you need a and, and this is, but this is what I wanted to go with. Because two things: one, Sacramento seems crazy high on Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald hasn't necessarily proven himself in the NBA to be like he was in the tournament last year when everybody was Google Gaga for him. Nor has but, Ingram, though. But nor has Ingram. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the trade that did happen. Mm -hmm. And in the trade that did happen, how bad? of a locker room guy must DeMarcus Cousins be? 
How much confusion must be surrounding DeMarcus Cousins if you're willing to give up a franchise player? I mean, DeMarcus Cousins is the best in the business. And but when they've been comes, trying to get rid of him, though, for the past couple of years, though, right? Yeah, but then they signed him to that massive uh, extension. Yeah. So, and then, you know, just last week, Vlade Divac was out there talking about... Last week, just the other day. <laughs> which was last week, because this is Monday. Oh, okay. You so, got just me. last week, the, the Vlade Divac was out there talking about, hey, don't worry, it's assured, we're not interested in moving him. Speaking of which, have you ever seen the Vlade Divac uh, app, Ernie? No. You ever seen the Vlade Divac app? Oh, man. It's a GPS app with Vlade Divac's voice. <laughs> Turn left. <laughs> that was a foul. It was great. It's great. I just An Uber driver played it for me in San Francisco. He was trying to get us to our destination. It was pretty funny. Anyways, Vlade was out there saying, no, 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 we're keeping him. Uh, the owner, Vivek, was saying, no, 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 we're keeping him. Now they leave. Now they get him. They finally find a taker for him. And everybody in their mom is acting like, yes, it's the best thing that's ever happened as far as the Kings organization. That's a lot of talent. A first a rounder, a second rounder, and three starters, more or less. More or less, but Buddy Hill is not proven, though, at no. this point. But they're looking at his potential. Yep. He has potential to be an all-star. I mean, Vivek just came out and said that he thinks he has the potential to be a Steph Curry yeah. type player. Yeah. Which that's, is interesting. Yeah, that's the kind of player he's supposed to be. But it's interesting to me that that's the goal. Because basketball, right? You know, you go IQ, against the big guy, yeah. Now, and now to you go get for a the... Steph Curry type, which is amazing. I'm me myself. I'm never getting rid of a boogie. I'm never getting rid of a Shaquille O'Neal. No, I'm never getting rid of Moses Malone. I don't care I'm never if they're not happy of, or not. I just <laughs> live with it. Keep, keep banging the boards. <laughs> live with it. Because now, when you look at that New Orleans Pelicans roster, the, those two dudes, just the front court numbers are insane. Bananas. Anthony Davis and Boogie. I mean, if they don't get into a fight, which hopefully they, they have good blood instead of bad blood, Drew Holiday, there's no excuse for Drew Holiday not to lead the league in assists. Right. Now, aren't they both from Kentucky? Uh, Yeah. 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 They, I don't know they'll if they're get, from Kentucky, but they both yeah, went they, to the program. They both the went program. to Kentucky. Yeah, the program. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They both yeah. went to, they're both Wildcats. Mm -hmm. I think that they'll do well because they're, you know, they are under the same system. They have the the same mindset as how the game is supposed to be played. That's a good point. I didn't think of it that way. They were, they were both groomed to be the same kind of uh right to say the game goes a certain way right i mean you know if you've watched basketball you know boogie's unstoppable and, and he got a jumper and he can dominate on the inside a big issue that i have is just in how they call the game because how effective can two bigs be when they call the game for the little man yeah well with anthony davis i think it's going to save miles on him now because he won't have to play the five and get hurt yeah you know which is going to Prolong his career, probably. And he doesn't really have the body for the five. Uh, he has a skill set to play one through five, in my opinion. But right. he, he doesn't really have the body for the five. Because he can't bang. Yeah, I don't think he's... I don't think, like but he, but in now, the bank with Marcus All down there. Now you don't need him to do they, that. You don't need him to do that, which means that he can focus on running the floor right. and just acting a fool. Well, guess what happens to uh, the Golden State Warriors if they make it to the first round? If they can actually pick up that eighth seat, then Come they're going they they to have to Golden play the Golden State, State Warriors. They, they should have beat <laughs> Golden State. One game in that series, uh, what was that, two years ago, they should have beat him. Well, Golden State has a great – I would go out on a limb and say – What are you going out on a limb to say? New Orleans would beat them in the first round if they make it. Wow. That's a big – That's a that is a, a a big limb. They have no size. Kevin Durant is their size, and he can't even stay on his feet. Here's the problem. If you think the NBA is not going to cheat, 
to well, they let... might. You got three superstars now in New Orleans, so they. You use this term "superstar" way too loosely. Well, that, so does the league. The Drew, league is so Drew, watered down. Drew Holiday is not a superstar yet. Drew Holiday is a superstar. No, His numbers not. are superstar no, he's numbers. Not. Yes, he, he is. You go again. Numbers, Always he's got, him and Victor Oladipo and and Stephen Adams. They're got, all superstars. Yeah, he's got no. Great... A superstar is LeBron James. That's a superstar. No, LeBron James is not even superstar. No. He's, he's a Nova. No. He's on another planet, dude. Supernova. <laughs> No, he's a superstar. No, he's a That's supernova. He he's a superstar. Kevin Durant's a superstar. No, a Kobe Bryant type is a superstar. These are superstars. These aren't. These aren't just a guy that's good. Uh, you know, in the league, these are superstars. And Drew, Drew Holiday ain't there yet. Drew Holiday is there. Can't deal on Drew. You you lose a lot of credibility when you say these kind of things, man. So you don't say think you. you that's not it. true. Yeah, it's true. No, it is it's true. Not. You have of 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 a thousand comments that people left about the videos that we dropped. None of them agreed that Stephen Adams or Victor Oladipo were superstars. And these are people who agreed with your nonsense uh, about Russell Westbrook. None of them agreed that that, that oh. those guys are superstars. So Not you're telling one. me you're dealing with alternative facts right now, my friend? No, you are. You're no. dealing with fake news. No. You're dealing with the, the administration. No. I'm going to just start calling you Drumpf. <laughs> That's what we're going to call you. That's going to be your new Instagram handle. But uh, we got somebody. We got DC Sly on the line, actually. What's Sly who's, uh, about? He, uh, Sly, the fly guy, wants to talk about DC Sports. Let's see. Hey, what's up, man? DC Sly, live in the Ozone. You stepped into a heated discussions where the uh, icons, once again, are misusing the term superstar. He swears now that <laughs> Drew Holiday's a superstar. I told him that he's, he's, he's snipping his own nuts here. We're watching a vasectomy live, folks. Yeah. Every week we see him. Uh, <laughs> I'm numb. <laughs> Give it to me. Ah, yeah, Don't do it. Downward spiral. It's a downward spiral. Now, I'm not I'm not saying that Drew Holiday isn't going to be great. Uh, Drew Holiday is great. He averaged 16 points a game, uh, what, seven and a half um, assists and four rebounds. That's good money. He's an NBA point guard for sure. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. And oh, I, yeah. think, I think that uh, playing with Boogie and Anthony Davis – he should he should just act a fool. What do you what do you think about this trade? I mean, I, I, it was unbelievable to me. I, I was surprised to see it. I didn't I didn't know about it coming. You know, I, my side. Adam Silver in like the league it. didn't like call it. you. They didn't ask you if you if you they, you didn't put your seal of approval it. on it. I'm usually privy to all the new information, but I, I didn't get this one. They held out on you. Yeah, they held out. No, but I mean, what do you think as far as what this is going to mean for New Orleans? Do you think this puts them in to be a playoff contending team for about a uh, little more than half of the season, a little less than half of the season left, about 38% of the season is left? Do you think that this com- puts them into a competitive realm? And then regardless of seeding, do you think this puts them in a spot to potentially pull a Dallas Mavericks uh, uh, kind of situation on the the, the – the Warriors or the Sonics, whoever that was that they beat the other the other year, where they could beat mm-hmm. a number one seed by being an eight seed. Nah, I, that, that's a whole different situation with that one. But I think this is it's great, but I think they need time for it to gel together. You got, and he's a big man. He's got to get, you know, they got to get used to playing with him. And, you know, the leagues aren't really set up for the big man to begin with. I think it's a great move, but I think it's going to take a little bit more time than just throwing a guard in there or somebody, you know. I, I like it though. I do like it. Now I'm trying to figure out 
if they even have enough players on the roster now on in New Orleans because they gave up the whole team. Well, actually, I got a 10-day. <laughs> oh, you got a 10-day deal? Yeah, yeah. Nice. I was in the trade. They just didn't want to put it in there. <laughs> that's nice. I mean, you're a superstar, so you might as well be in the trade. Well, everybody is in my eyes. That's, that's good to know. Uh, but, you know, honestly, with this situation, they're, they're saying Matt Barnes up in Sacramento is going to get waived to make space. And truth be told, he they should New Orleans should pick him up. Swoop him up. That there's a lot of teams that could yeah, use a yeah. Matt Barnes type. He's a gritty guy. He plays defense in, Last a, in player an in the old league that school, plays defense. Uh, legit kind of way. Yeah, you know, until LeBron James gets mad, then he plays defense in serious ways. But 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 you know, you look at the situation. <laughs> where do you think this puts New Orleans on the long trajectory, and where do you think it puts the Kings? Uh, I mean, the Kings are. They just got some building to do, I think. I think they got to figure things out up there. But um, I, I kind of – I'm interested to see what happens with Boogie. I'll say that because it's one of those things where he can go either way. Either you find out he is that cancer to the team and he was holding back Sacramento, or he goes down to New Orleans and balls out and you're like, oh, it was it was the ownership up there. So I, that's kind of what I'm waiting to see. That's a good point. For, I, this is what I was saying is that how bad in the locker room must this guy have been – to trade the hands down, my hands are down. Hands down, best center in basketball. Yeah, but with a he guy just might not want it to be there. Even if he's a cancer, the numbers that he puts, the numbers up, are ridiculous. It doesn't even matter. I mean, even when you talk about, it doesn't matter though. Teams talking need to about jail the, to win. Yeah, but you're talking about gutting out that squad. You gutted out that squad. Really, it really doesn't mean anything because they weren't going anywhere anyway. They weren't going anywhere. And they still get their pick. They're going to get a high pick for being They're going to get a high squad. pick. And they got the guy that they wanted in the previous draft, which is Buddy Hill. Yep. And then so then they got three picks in the first two rounds, plus Buddy Hill. Uh, you know, I don't know, man. They made a lot of moves. Now, one thing that the icons yeah. just brought up, Bird, is that uh, the situation that the Lakers had a chance to get Boogie and they didn't want to trade Brandon Ingram. Now, what do you feel like? What do you think that that's all about? Would you have traded Ingram for Boogie amongst other people? I'll tell you, yeah, I would have. I guess I would have. I was. It's funny because I was just reading an article about the the Lakers and you know all the mishaps with Cup Check and everything like that. I, a lot of the stuff that was going down, I thought it was like people didn't want to come play with Kobe. It turns out, you know, they just had some fools in the front office messing things up. Interesting. So, I, you know, I, I that you know Kobe's always sold it that way. Like oh, me, I'm not the problem. Yeah. I have a hard time believing that because yeah, I, I talked to a, a combination lot of, of both. I think it's a combo. It's definitely not the city of Los Angeles. I've talked to a lot of guys in, uh, you know, I've talked to a lot of guys behind closed doors in the NBA that that are all pumped to to move to LA. They just weren't crazy about the setup, especially after they saw what happened to a Dwight Howard type. Yeah, you know what happened to these kind Yo. of dudes that come. Yeah, yeah, they said the cup check was not really high on Howard even coming. Like it was. It was kind of like he didn't really want him there, and kind of made it be known with a couple of little comments when he when he showed up. So I think he had that sour taste in his mouth to begin with getting there. I just and I just read that they had passed up on Whiteside <laughs> for the sake of Sackler Dean. Uh, really? <laughs> now see, then that's interesting yeah. because it seems like the Lakers organization really was dealt a blow when they lost Jerry West more than losing anybody in the organization's right. history. Because Jerry West knows how to wheel and deal. He threw them a bone With when he Gasol? gave him Gasol. When, yeah. he, when he gave him Mark Gasol, Powell Gasol for Mark and whatever yeah. else that trade was about, he really threw them a bone with that. That seemed that like was an alley oop. That was. That was. Showtime. That was uh, Westbrook to <laughs> yeah. uh, to Durant back to Westbrook on the give and go. 
Uh, but but really, since he's yep. left, the the front office has been in a bit of disarray. Mitch Kupchak doesn't seem to have the same sort of feel in the locker room, the command and the respect of the players and the belief. He doesn't seem to be able to sell the players on the vision. And then you add with that, uh, the Mark Davis is his name. No, that's the owners of the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, uh, You're talking about uh, uh, um, Buss's son. Yeah. Mark Buss, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you add to him and, and he doesn't seem to have his vision. He's busy trying to make his plan his own flag as opposed to saying like it was his dad's team. Right. And the Lakers have been in a state of disarray. Now, do they not get Boogie based on the fact that they had an interview and they said, ah, Boogie's not going to fit in? Or do they not trade Ingram because they're like, look, Ingram's the future. He just needs 25 pounds of muscle and time. Yeah, that seems to be, from from what I was reading in that past article, that seems to be the, the MO, is that they, you know, he just fixated on a certain player and he's like, let's build him up. We're going we're gonna to work with him. Mm. And, yeah, they uh, feel like they can build an organization around him. Yeah. And hey, maybe they can. Maybe, you know, it's, it's maybe so. Either way it goes, you know you can build an organization around Boogie yeah. if you can get his mind right. <laughs> no. And now this is where we you see this is the value of certain coaches because this is where Phil Jackson got his money. Because a guy like Phil Jackson, a, a 90s and early 2000s version of Phil Jackson, can take a guy like Boogie who obviously has all the tools or may or may not actually have you know, the 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 mental uh, state to want to win and find the right book, the r- right combination of exercises and off-court activities that allow him to be the center that he's supposed to be to make them win. At which point we would then point to him again and say, well, he got the best player again. Right. You know, which is kind of tricky because we had a debate last week about Phil Jackson where uh, T felt like he was overrated. And, you know, because he always has the best players and now he's got actually a pretty good squad and he's not getting it done. But I feel like uh, I feel like this boogie thing. I I think you bring up a great point. Either he's gonna go down there to New Orleans and be absolutely positively the man and grow into his potential, or this whole thing blows up in their face and they gotta blow up that team. Well, they can't blow that team up though. I mean, how boogie is a free agent in 2018, so you can do that after that. But other than that, they really can't blow that squad up. What is it to blow up? And I don't think that they Especially since they only have three players on the <laughs> right, whole roster right. now. <laughs> what are you going to blow you. up? <laughs> yeah, and me. You don't want to blow me up. I mean, <laughs> no, never. How are you going to get your assist? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but, you know, realistically, it's a no-lose situation for uh, New Orleans. For New Orleans, right? What do they lose? No, they, they won on every level. They won. And Sacramento really yeah. gambled. Yeah. I mean, Sacramento oh, really look at, gambled. Look at, look at this breaking news. Um, Vlade Divac's quote here, winning begins with culture and character matters. Taking a shot at Boogie on the way out of the door. Sniper, get down! <laughs> wow, Vlade. That's dirty. <laughs> he was talking slick. He was all in love with Boogie a couple days ago now. He sure was. <laughs> it was all good just a week ago. Yay. Wow. So now this is going to be interesting, Man, though, I mean, because they could potentially roll off. You know, there's always that period of getting to know each other. There's the courting stage. I still, them being Kentucky players, I still think that they're going to jail really, really quick. Because every organization, well, every system has a culture that they bring. Kentucky is not going to bring in anybody who's not going to buy into their system. And Anthony Davis and Boogie coming from there, they're probably going to jail Maybe pretty so. quick. And and I got to give Boogie the benefit of the doubt, if, especially a player like him. If he's somewhere that he doesn't want to be, that goes just, a long way. Yeah, it goes a long way. It's not going to work out. And you have now, to I'm recognize. It's wrong. I'm not saying it's not it's, it's, it's 
right thing for him not to be professional. You still got to be professional about it, but you're not going to be performing to your full potential if you're somewhere like that and you don't want to Think be about there. that. And if 28 and 10 isn't your full potential, right. that's scary. Right. <laughs> but what is professional in a sense when it comes down to him being a basketball player? Because honestly, he's gotten to the point where he's like Rasheed Wallace and the league just picks on him. Sure do. I mean, I mean, he got attacked the yeah, other night. Yeah, that guy, sure. Buddy Hill fondled his testicles. <laughs> and he got attacked. Come and on, man. You can't, you can't do that. You I, let him do it. That's a technical <laughs> on Boogie. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, you know, I think the other thing is, is uh, these guys, you have to recognize that to get to this point, to get to the point of signing a $185 million deal, you've been the man for so long that every whim man. that you have is catered to on every level, from right. high school to college to the pros. So if you are not happy, there's a sense of entitlement that's come that people seem to be upset about, but it's just the, it's just the fact of being the man. Yeah, uh, superstar. He's a, he is a superstar. <laughs> and uh, it, this is, is a sense of entitlement that comes with that, that that organizations have to acquiesce to unless you run a Bill Belichick program. And that this is this is like the only situation where they they don't acquiesce. Now I, I just I, I find it interesting to see what's going to happen there. The other thing I find interesting is that if you look at Anthony Davis last night, he broke Will Chamberlain's all time record for scoring in an All Star game. And that does fifty two points off of thirty nine shots. This is what I wanted to speak on. This is the next piece I wanted to speak on. The All Star game seems to just be a place for guys in the league to really have a rest even if they are there for the All-Star game, you know, and really post up for sponsors to talk to players, for agents to talk to general managers, throw up a podcast, hang out, do a couple deals. Oh, yeah, by the way, we got a game and some dunk contests to go through. Right, the skills contest is more impressive than the actual game because the game is boo-boo. The celebrity game is more impressive than the All-Star game yeah. and the and the dunk contest. I feel like there either needs to be a revamp of the dunk contest or it needs to go away. And I don't know. I, I'm I'm being a jerk here because I don't really have any suggestions to offer. Right. You're an avid dunker, yeah, DC yeah. Sly. What do you think about it? Well, this year, yeah. I mean, there was too many misses, and I, I thought Eric Eric Gordon. He just tried to he tried to go all out too soon. Like he was trying like under the butt three sixties and all that. Like he got robbed dunk. last he year. That was why. Yeah. He got yeah like yeah. Dominique. He could he could have like. He could have just got through and then turned it up at the end. He didn't need to go out there. I thought he could have still won it, but he, you know. There's something about the but miss I, of the dunk that just deflates completely. Totally. The whole, completely. The whole auditorium. It does. The whole stadium. It's like, <laughs> it oh, just takes dude. the arena Let's all go the way home, down. Dude. Yeah, oh, man, he missed the dunk. Let's get out of here. That guy sucks. <laughs> Yeah, he, but he was trying to do something complicated, and you know, you bringing in drones, and you know, you got bubbles and everything else. Yeah, going you got on. monkeys you know, running around. Yeah, all you, got, you can't stuff. do that, dude. You got to yeah, let it. the corporate, the corporate sponsorship props is never. You know, I remember when uh, who was it? Blake Griffin jumped over the car and everything. Oh yeah, was that was nice. corny to me. I like. Oh that. really? No, I wasn't yeah, mad at that because yeah, he had. You know which part I liked about it? I liked the fact that he had the choir. Yeah. That wasn't that was the part that I liked. And he was, was smart too. He jumped over the hood. He didn't he jump did over not the roof. jump over the roof. He jumped over the hood, which we've seen a lot of he guys. Did not do. raise the roof. <laughs> but not to say that Blake can't jump over the roof. Yeah, right? he could. <laughs> because Blake got them right. boosties. He threw the roof. He can he can raise the roof. <laughs> so another thing I want to cover, it seems to be a resurgence in DC sports, DC slide. You've been watching out there. The Washington Capitals are the best team in hockey, seems like. And the Washington Wizards aren't far behind. Do you think the Wizards are the real deal? Yeah, man, they are. They've they've had a lot of injuries with that with that backcourt in the past few years, you know. And I think 
I mean, you look at them. They, I mean, Bill and Walt, come on now. That's one of the best tandems in the league. It and really Walt. is. And that Bill kid, he's super underrated. Well, yeah, he's super underrated, but then Otto Porter also. But How about him not even getting the invite for the three-point yeah. contest? Yeah, and he's got like a 46% <laughs> ratio. But the thing of it is is that yeah. they're talking about trading Otto Porter. Because, Why would they do that? Yeah, because his contract nah. is up. They're talking about trading Otto Porter. I don't understand it, but they're well, talking about they, – they like uh, they like what's his name Ubre Ubre. Oh Jr. yeah, Kelly Ubre. Yeah. Yeah, they like him. Yeah. But you, yeah, but Auto Porter, yeah, Auto Porter is a proven product. Well, and also you're talking about a team. What if they've won something like 16 out of their last 18 at home? Yeah, and you're gonna break something the squad crazy. Up? I don't understand that. They finally started to gel. John Wall isn't hurt. Brandon Beal's come back strong. Uh, you always got How the about big Bradley? man in the middle. How about Bradley Beal? But, uh, no, Brandon Bill's playing a lot better. <laughs> Actually, I know a guy named Brandon Bill. That's who that was. <laughs> Bradley Bill, he's sorry. Bradley Bill's back in action, and he's uh, and he's he's balling. I mean, I watched him myself. I've seen a couple of their games this season, and I seen them play. I saw them play once in November against the Cavs. Actually, when he wasn't playing, and once uh, when he was playing. This last go around against who was that game that we went to go see? Uh, but either way it goes be, against the Celtics. Yeah, sure was against yeah. the Celtics. It's a serious one-two punch. It's a serious one-two punch. And you have a center. Come on, and man. you have a center. I just wish they would have never got rid of Nene. Mm-hmm. I loved Hilario. I think he would have done well. And you know, if they'd had they'd had that one-two tandem inside as well. Nene gets hurt too oh, much. He does, but he still got the beef. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, so in the middle, especially in the East, when you only have Hassan Whiteside as the only center in the whole conference, really. Right. Well, you got Dwight Howard now. Like I said, you only have Hassan Whiteside oh, that matters hating. in the whole. And I'm not hating. It's just that Dwight Howard is giving you. He's he's not he's, putting up good numbers. He's a shell of himself, though. He puts up hollow numbers. He puts up Eric Carroll's type numbers. He puts up numbers that don't matter. In my opinion, he, he his numbers are legit. You look at him on the paper; it justifies paying him his money. But at the same time, Dwight Howard, I feel like he, Westbrook. He's like a he's like I don't know about that. He's like an, he has helped. He feels like an abused kind of guy that over the years, from the time he left Orlando when he went to L.A., then he went on tour. Nobody really respected him from L.A. to when he was just coming off of that back surgery. When I felt like they didn't give him enough time to heal up from that. To Houston, mm-hmm. now to Atlanta. He's just, you know, he's now he's on his way out of the league, and he'd never really accomplished anything except for making Shaquille O'Neal upset by wearing the Superman uh, cape. Right. <laughs> he should have made him go crazy. I think he, number. Him, he his game never it never evolved. I, I was I was looking for him to get a few more moves and, and change things up as he got older, and not just rely off the athletic ability, but. Well, and he lost that athletic ability when he left Orlando with that back injury because his game really didn't need to evolve at the point where he was because he was leaps and bounds ahead of the league at that point. But I'm pretty sure the guy's averaging a double-double. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, you got to pay him his money. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. He's still, you know, because the league is big man deficient. So he's still – But now this is the issue. With the love for the league that the league has for the little man, can this New Orleans trio even be effective is my question. Because in my opinion, what the All-Star game itself showed me last night was just a confirmation of a suspicion that I had, which is that right now the NBA is going through their steroid era. And maybe not physically or maybe tra- physically. transition era. But what I'm calling it their steroid era in the sense of how baseball turned a blind eye and changed some rules mm-hmm. so that they could get offense, you know? And offense is everything now in the NBA. You just got almost yeah. 400 points put up <laughs> in a regulation right. game. Literally nobody. That's, that's literally no defense. None. 
I mean, at one point, Steph Curry got posterized by the Greek freak, and then the second go around, he just laid down at the free throw line so he wouldn't get posterized again. Right. That's not cute. <laughs> it's just it's not competitive. It's not and nobody's there's, got and any... there's no reason to pl- to play the game if you're not going to play for real, especially since it's not a sport like football. I can understand in the Pro Bowl. I agree. I can't understand in the All Star game for basketball. I, of course, you can get hurt, but that doesn't mean that you don't go all out. Um, but this is what I'm saying. These guys are just at least lock up in the fourth quarter. And then if you follow these guys on social media and whatnot, these guys are at the parties. These guys are cooling, man. This is yeah, but just hanging out. Yeah, but I guess I bet you, I bet you that Will Chamberlain when he played, they were playing defense. And he put up his points yeah. when they were playing defense. Okay, brother. I didn't say they were. All right, then. <laughs> yeah. Never talk feel, about Wilt. <laughs> I, I feel like the only people that I've seen that really go hard in the All-Star games is Kobe and, and Westbrook. And Michael <laughs> Jordan. is not playing yeah. around. Like, well, actually, that's not true. Everybody yeah, went yeah, hard yeah. in the 80s. Yeah. Magic Johnson went hard. Well, LeBron Isaiah went Thomas hard went for a little while. Well, you know what? It seemed like there was that period where the All-Star game transitioned into the fourth quarter where it got serious. Right. In like the second half of the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. First half, you yeah, could see all yeah, the highlights the off the glass, blah, 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 blah. Then the game got serious, and it was really interesting to watch. But this game never got yeah. serious. Yeah, and these guys get paid good money for the All-Star right. game, although it's not a lot of money for them. They still get paid. The winners get $50,000 a piece. Really? And the losers get twenty five. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's good intel. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> the only defense, only defense they play was when they tried to stop Westbrook from getting that record. Yeah. Because you know, I think they wanted Anthony. They wanted it to be Anthony Davis. They wanted it to be. Westbrook down. Yeah. So Davis can go ahead and get it. Yeah, it's that's a good point. That, but you know. Yeah, but what can you do? Wow. So do you see anything or any other potential trades or pickups that actually shake things up? Or are you still looking at the Cavs and the Warriors in the finals? Yeah, I'm still looking at the Cavs and Warriors. I mean, they're just two amazing teams. I mean, it's, you know, I like, I like the, I like the Wizards. I like the Celtics, but I just don't think that they can, when it comes down to push comes to shove, I don't think they can contain it. Now you want to talk about a team that didn't push the button. They're saying that uh, they're saying that the Celtics could have got Boogie, but they didn't want to trade Marcus Smart. Yeah, Marcus Smart's a big time player. He's not a bigger time player than no, Boogie. But they have Al Horford and they have Olenek. What is it? Jelly this, is, but this is what I'm saying. I am, I don't know who else was supposed to be involved in the trade, but for me, Marcus Smart is not untouchable. No, he's in, not untouchable in, when it comes to that. No, he's not untouchable. If, you, if you're going to get Isaiah Thomas to play with Boogie in the East when there's no size, man, that's a formidable mm-hmm. squad. It's about the compilation of players yeah. that they needed to make that deal happen, though. You're, you're right. Just, you're just saying Marcus Smart, but it, no, I'm saying he's they're, yeah, they're saying yeah. he's the one. Like he was the reason that the Celtics didn't push the button. Yeah, because then Al Horford could go back to the four, and then you have a serious problem. It's very important for guys yeah. to play in their position. Yeah, but you can't get the, you can't. Yeah. I'm not. I don't believe in gutting your squad out for the you know for the whole whoop wham. You can't go get your whole squad it's out. Tough to do. It's really tough to do. Yeah, because now you're talking about New Orleans playing with a three on five. Yeah, I mean, they got a full five, but it's going to be interesting to see who else they pick up. If I was them, I really would pick up Matt Barnes. I would go pick up Matt Barnes, claim him off of waivers immediately, especially since it seems like Anthony Davis is really, really uh, excited to play with Boogie. They're saying he's the one that that gave the thumbs up. Both of these guys are in their early 20s. We're talking about you can have 10 years of service. 23 and 26. Come on, man. Now, Now, you're talking about a situation where could this be the time when we see the game go back towards the big man. Because realistically, if you look at the game, there's no reason that anybody should be able to play with those two. They can slow the game down and no. pound you into submission. 
Yeah, but you keep talking about um, your boy being Anthony Davis being a big man. He's not really a, like a big man. He's a modern day big man. He's but, not that that big big man like a Gasol type or anything. He's a long lean. No, he's truth be told, the way I see him is he's a he's better a, version of Paul really Gasol. A, he's, yeah, he's really a stretch four, honestly. But yeah, he's I so agree. Long and so athletic, he gets all those block shots. Yeah, a point yeah. forward. But this is but this is what I'm saying. I'm that's that's all the reason that I'm talking about. I'm saying that now Boogie yeah. takes all the attention of the banging, but that doesn't make Anthony Davis any yep. shorter. His wingspan isn't any any less. He can still get down yeah. there, yep. and they can run a two-man game with those two dudes that will be totally unstoppable, and they can get out and run. Both of those dudes can run the floor. Yeah, and what, what I was going to say. Yeah, and what, yeah, they can both run. Yeah, they're versatile. Yeah. And they can both shoot. I was going to say, Boogie steps behind the line. I, I don't – I just – you know, I think – in the world of what we were talking about, like in the vein of the conversation that we had last week about needing uh, uh, NBA needing at least two stars to win, you know, to be a winning organization, like with Westbrook, like with uh, uh, how they had Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Steph Curry, um, Kobe and Shaq, if you will, Kyrie and Kevin Love and LeBron James. I think that in that world, these two guys and three, if Drew Holiday actually blossoms into the player that he can be, not that he's not already putting up his numbers, but if he blossoms into his into the player that he can be with that kind of potential to dish the ball to, man, forget about it. Mm-hmm. They can slow the game down or speed the game up. Yeah, you can give it to you any way you need it. And and this is why it's yeah. important. I'm interested to see what ownership does there to see if they make any more moves to shore up the bench, you know, to see if it's real. But how much more money do they have to spend? That's the big question. Yeah, in the in the and for me, the two and three spots are becoming increasingly more important in the NBA. And it's kind of like, well, what are you doing there? Well, that's you my know, point. You my, th- you're, you're making my point, DC Sly. What I'm saying is yeah, yeah. you're looking at a situation that could potentially be a paradigm shift in the game. Just like how Golden State yeah. has ushered in this new style of play and, and the San Antonio Spurs are like, actually, you know what? We still like the old style of play and it still works. We're still going to win 50 games yeah. a year, 50, 60 games a year with the old style. Now you're talking about two guys that are the new generation's versions of the big man. Two new generational big men, right? They could potentially usher in a whole new kind of game. I would like to know the odds of what (laughs) on New Orleans back in the day for anybody to pick them to go to the big dance. You know what I'm saying? Because the odds. I don't know if they're ready to go to the big dance with only three. Well, no, we were talking about you said two last week, and now it's three. They have three. Three above average. Well, players. no, no, no. You always need a guy that handles the ball in and that Drew, in that combination. But Drew Holiday, he is, does, and we're gonna see. We you don't even you don't need to call him a superstar and make yourself sound ridiculous. <laughs> he, he's he, a superstar. He, oh my goodness, you, you're hurting the program. I give him a right star. Now. I give him a star. He's a star. I give him a star, though. And he's been a star he's since sad. high school. I mean, they've been talking about Drew Holiday forever out here. Been a star. I can't. I can't front. He did. He did just against my Wizards. Man, he did just drop twenty six and eleven on John Wall the other night. Oh, he's got work for you. There's no two ways about that. Drew Holiday has work. It's just that you yeah. know, superstar and star are totally different animals. Totally different animals. Right. I, I do. I do. DC Sly. I think. Uh, yeah. lay, lay it on us. Give us your final take on the situation. Hmm. I was going to say, above all, the, like the two teams you mentioned, the Warriors and the Spurs, I think the lesson we learned from them is it's all about having an identity as a team and, and rolling with it. If they, can, if they can come up with an identity and stick to it and, and build their team around that, they'll be good. 
And I also think that this is a, I really believe that this is another test, once again, for management and the coaching staff because it's on Alvin Gentry now. You have enough talent to make the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. Right. Now let's see what happens from there. Now with the team, truth be told, you play a team with a team like this, this is the kind of team that should definitely beat Houston. Oh, yeah. They'll, you know what I mean? Because they can be Golden State, though, um, because I was just listening to the Golden State beat writer talking about how they can't be, they haven't beat anybody who can out-rebound them. With Anthony Davis and Boogie out there, they can't out-rebound them. But how many boards are you going to give? I'm probably going to give you about three. You give it three boards in the NBA? Come on, man. <laughs> Loose ball. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going, I got to do the grunge work. Wow. Wow. At all of 170. Well, DC Sly, happy to have you. Thanks for your contribution to the world of uh, DC sports. Uh, thank you for being a contributor yes, to the Ozone. Late. All right, man. Anytime. Pleasure. Always a pleasure on the Ozone, ladies and gentlemen. If you'd like to be a part of the Ozone, feel free to call in. Call in at 310. Is it 310? No, it's not. It's 424 254 9663. Everybody, that's area code 424-254-ZONE. Call in. Leave us your take. We might even put you on air. Pretty crazy situations going on in the world of sports now. We'd love to hear what you uh, have to say about it. We're going to scan the call line real quick and see what kind of messages we've received. Hopefully somebody says something about that fight. Uh, but if not, we seem to have a lot of calls and misses. Uh, let's hear what we got. Here we go. This is your boy, Dr. Drew. I really don't know where to start at, but I'm going to start with Westbrook. Okay, icon. I've been with you ever since LeBron. When everybody doubted you about LeBron, I saw the pros and the cons, and I went with LeBron. And I said LeBron was going to be a beast, and he was going to be a spectacular player and one of the best players in the NBA. And what happened? He grew up, and he became the best player in the NBA. Okay, then it turned to um, Greek the Freak. Greek the Freak, as we watch him, he's maturing. And he's turning into one of the best players in the NBA. Well, not one of the best players, but he's turning into a great player in the NBA. And he's a beast, and he's not unstoppable. But when it came to Westbrook, I had to go ahead and just disagree with you. It's sad to say, but I had to disagree with you. Westbrook is a beast. I don't know what you see in anybody else or Kevin Durant and everybody else in the whole situation that went on. He adjusts. You always say to adjust, and that's what, exactly what he's doing. But for you to say that he's just like, basically what you're saying is he's a bum, which he's not. He puts up, he got 598 rebounds, 577 wow. assists, 92 steals, and 21 blocks in 57 games. Come on now. There's not much you can say about it. He's like a one-man team. He doesn't have anybody on his team. Adams is there, but Adams can only do so much. There's nothing much Adams could do. He's a big man. Okay, we know big men dominate the game. But now that the game is played, if you have the big man locked and somebody else locked, there's five players on the court. If I put two on Westbrook and I'm cheating on Adams, who else is going to step up and take three-point shot or just the inside shot and make it? There's nobody. You got Roberson, you got Oladipo, this suspect at times, and you got who else, Morrow or... Well, you think Moro is a superstar. Moro is not a superstar. I don't know what you think Moro, but he hasn't been a superstar in, since his college days. And even in his college days, he wasn't a superstar. But 
Westbrook is doing everything that he can. If you give Westbrook another player, then he will be able to manipulate it and dominate the whole thing. Because right now he's doing something that's unremarkable and unbelievable. I mean, because he's balling. He's not giving up on any plays. He's like a one-man team somewhere. He's not taking anything for granted. He's playing defense, which a lot of players don't do, like James Harlan. Let's see who else. There's, well, there's a lot of people that don't play defense. I can't think of it at the top of my head. But the only players I do think about is James Harden because that man doesn't play any defense. I don't know what he has going on. But Westbrook, if you steal the ball from Westbrook, he's not even going to just complain. Wow. Well, I tell you what, uh, he told you something good right there. Yeah, yeah he went and in that's on a, that's me. A, that's a great call from Dr. Drew. It is. Uh, you, you're, making it a, you're, you're always welcome to call, Dr. Drew. Appreciate you. And I tried to tell the icons he doesn't want to listen. Wait till you hear this week's episode, and he's talking this nonsense. Now Drew Holiday's a superstar. Holiday's a I mean, superstar, I, I, man. I don't know. He's going to stop us from getting to the mainstream if he keeps talking silly like this. 16 but points a game. But what is your response? Dr. Drew just gave you some. What, what, what's your response to his critique? Those numbers are standing up on their own. Those, those numbers are bananas, but numbers sometimes are deceiving, and his numbers are deceiving because they don't work. Jay-Z they don't. says numbers don't lie, dude. Well, I don't listen to the prophet, JC. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the call, Dr. Drew. Anybody else wants to call in, go ahead and give us a call. Leave your take. Make it short or make it long. We'll play as much as we can. Area code 424-254-9663 for the Ozone. Everybody seems to like the videos. Everybody seems to comment. Give us a call. Let us know what you think. I'd love to hear it. Right. You know what else I'd love to hear about? What? My fly new jacket. Where'd you get that from? From the 5-4 Club. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, did you know that for $60 a month, you can get a package full of clothes that's worth more than $200 every single month, curated to your style, delivered to your doorstep? I'm looking fresh and fly right now. I don't even know if you can see me, but this, oh, see that? And, and the icons are sporting it, too. Looking good. You've been, dude, you've been doing a chest workout. You're looking big. Let's see you. Trying to get it together. Ladies and gentlemen, go to 54club.com. Use promo code OMAR. You're going to get some money off your first couple months. And then you're going to be very happy. You can thank me later. 5-4 Club. Life and style. Moving on. Uh, This weekend, we saw something happen that was type disturbing, as they say. Yes. There was a robbery. I witnessed a robbery this weekend, folks. And it was in Cincinnati. And uh, it was Adrian Broner getting handed a decision over Adrian Granados, who without question outworked him in that fight, had the heavier hands, was the aggressor. He was the ring general in the fight. He landed more punches, more combinations, and more power punches. And somehow or another, he still he lost worked the a fight. Loss. <laughs> and, he, and, he, <laughs> he, and he worked a loss. <laughs> and he worked a loss. And that's what he came there for. Now, what did you see in the fight? It was ridiculous. It was really one-sided. You know, Broner said that he broke his hand in the first. Yeah. The, he broke his left. I don't know how true that is. He said he broke his left in the first round. And he played it off. But I just saw him getting outworked. I know that he's typically a slow starter. But the, the guy was a bigger guy who, who pushed him around a lot, who worked his body well. And he really – I was surprised he worked him on the inside, you know. Yeah, me and, too. And a big guy I, usually doesn't do that. Broner – when I listened to Broner's post-fight interview, he made it seem as if he initiated the inside contact. But that wasn't the case from no. me watching it. I really say to the fans that you should actually watch the fights with with the volume turned all the way down and make your own decisions, not listening to the the one-dimensional 
broadcasters. Well, and then also you saw you saw the bias. Yeah. Every round in between rounds, they would only show Broner highlights. Yes. And we knew where the decision was leaning at that we point. We knew where it was going to go. I didn't have a horse the fight. In the fight you know? Neither did I. I neither did I. And I actually, we've spoken about Adrian Broner in the past, and we wanted him to get his life yeah. together. And he, he was very positive. Yeah. yeah, he seemed like he, he cut down on a little bit of the, the clownery, the buffoonery, yeah. and he got to work in there. And uh, at he times just got he out work. sharp. He got out work, and I'm gonna, in my opinion, he got out work because he moved up. This was him fighting at 47, and he's a 40 fighter. He's a 140 fighter. He and Granados said something to him, told him, don't, go, don't move up. Well, and the thing is, is Granados was not impressed with his power. He told him after the fight. He hit Granados a few times flush. And, and he didn't move. And he did not move. The little man could not move the bigger man. And you saw Granados pushing him around the ring. I mean, I just, I, I don't understand. I don't see how and I don't understand you come to that particular decision uh, uh, I mean, I see. And Granados was pissed after the fight. And let's hear what Granados had to say. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I thought I worked on my thought. I knew it wasn't a, a pretty fight, but I mean, you know, hey, shout out to Chicago. Thank you for coming out. I want to thank uh, TGB and Al Heyman for giving me this opportunity. Hey, Adrian, I mean, you already know there was all types of controversy. They were playing with me. We had to change the weight. We had to change the scale. They were just playing all types of fucking games. There's some bullshit, man. Give me a fair go. I mean, I won't, give me the first way. Do it right away. Y'all always treat me like some dumbass. Come on, man. It's some bullshit. I, I, look, at, I understand. I ain't got the perfect record. Y'all can talk about whatever losses. Y'all know I could beat any of these guys, man. Like, come on, man. Y'all seen the scorecards. Split decision. Give me another one. Let's go it again. Come to my house. Come to my house. Did you feel there was a hometown advantage here this evening? Definitely. I, I had a knock. The judges. He fought, he fought smart. He fought smart. He did his thing. Hey, you can do it. Beat me again, then. Let, let's do it at my house. <laughs> you both. And, I mean, that's, that's the real there. Yeah, and I would have to agree with him. I do, too, because... I mean, you heard the fans booing Broner in his hometown. Yeah, and they booed I, that decision. Honestly, for me, I didn't think that Granados had a chance before the fight because I saw him. He looked like he was about ready to cry. He, he was, was very emotional. Knees. Yeah, too emotional for me as for a fight before a fight. But he went in there and he handled his business. I can't take anything away from that guy, man. He, he looked good. The jab. Yeah, he worked the body. He killed the body. And, and <laughs> yeah, he killed the body. And nice, nice. Fighting in the phone booth. Yes. I mean, short punches. I was very surprised. That, like I said, usually the taller fighter doesn't want to get in the phone booth. He got in the phone booth with him. And you could see that he just literally was, you know, he just decided that he was, uh, he just decided I'm the bigger man. And once he realized, I mean, he came out aggressive. He, he came imposed out, his will on him. He imposed his will. And he has heart, too, because Broner hit him. And like we said, he didn't move. And then he kept coming forward. I just, I mean, how? what else could Granados have done other than knock him out? I don't think he could have done anything to win that fight. 97-93? Somebody needs to quit. Those you are need two, to retire. Two 97, yes, 93. You need to retire. If you, you saw that fight, 97-93, you need to retire. To Broner. Yeah, to Broner. I mean, I, I had it 96-94, maybe maybe even 97-93 for Granados. I don't, maybe. It's 97-93 for Granados. It wasn't even, I mean, all three judges should have had that, at least. I'm... At the worst if, case, you have to give Granados a draw. If you don't worst, know, worst case, yes. like what? Yes, if you don't know about fighting, even if you're say, on the take, you have to give Granados a draw. If you don't know about fighting, though, Randy Piper, you should just go and say, okay, by rounds, I would go six, three, and maybe a and a, a tie. One, yeah, it was a ten round fight. It wasn't a championship yes. fight. It was a ten round fight. But there's no way Broner beat him. There's no, no way. way Broner won seven to three. There's I, just no. There's chance. no way he won. Yeah, I didn't see it either. He got a gift, and this is what I wanted to speak about. Well, let's let's hear what Adrian had to say after the fight. And 
as you can see, this was like four minus one. This was an easy one for me. I'm okay. He was aggressive throughout the entire fight. It was almost impossible to get him to back up. How did you manage that aggression? Man, listen. I don't know about your first time, but I ain't back out my first time either. Adrian, you had the layoff and you came back tonight. How good of a decision was it by you, in your estimation, that this was a 10-round fight? Um, I don't make excuses. Like I told you before, Adrian Granados is a world-class fighter. A lot of guys duck him, you know, but I wanted to fight him because I knew he would bring the best out of me. But nobody know, I, I hurt my hand in the first round. What happened? I, I hurt my left hand when I hit him with a, when, he, when we first came out, I hit him with a hard left hook. I hurt my hand. From there, my left hand, my left hand was no good. That's why I couldn't throw my jab as much. Well, so much for Adrian Broner being off of the buffoonery because yeah. uh, he he instead of his reference instead of trying to actually address the situation, he decided to make a weak sexual joke that wasn't yeah. even funny. Trying to deflect, yeah, trying to deflect. Uh, but you know, there's just no way. If you saw this fight, I would love to hear from somebody. But if you saw this fight, there's just absolutely positively no way that Adrian Broner won seven of those rounds. And I really think this was a last chance at romance for Broner. Right. Like you know, because they've he's been knocked out, he's been beaten soundly, and and he's still probably overpaid. He's had legal issues and personal issues and problem after problem, and he is the problem. Even that's his nickname. He's the problem because he's the he, problem. He's he, his own worst enemy. He's his own worst enemy. Obviously, his skills are up to code when he's fighting in his weight class. Um, but the, but the issue is is that a fight like this, they won't let him lose any more than they'll let the New Orleans Pelicans win beat. The, win the championship. <laughs> uh, not even just win the championship, beat the Golden State Warriors in round one. You'll see every call in the book start going the wrong way before that happens. Yeah. And and boxing is really losing out to credibility. UFC. They have serious credibility issues. One of the best things that bo boxing had done this weekend was to play it on Twitter. That was awesome. I mean, I really appreciated that. Right? Live. Live stream. Straight showtime. And that was cool, and they have another one. The big fight is coming up a week from Saturday, which is the Danny Garcia-Thurman uh, fight, which they're playing on CBS. Yeah. Premier Boxing Championship. And that and this is where this is where Al Heyman gets it right. You know, Al Heyman is – you hear everybody thank him uh, like you hear a musical artist thank God when they win a Grammy. And it's like uh, it, they, they, they thank him for getting the fights. He seems to understand that the sport needs to create new superstars if it's going to survive. Um, because the sport is cannibalizing itself with these decisions and with this situation. Now, yeah, that's bad for business. It's that just was... bad for business. Just really, really, really bad. This bad for business. And you see, Granados, he's in a bad situation, so he has to. He accepts the decision. He still has to go along yeah, he with has it. To go along with it. But it's not cool, man. No, it's not cool. And it's it's to me, it's just unbelievable that this is you know, this has been the age old argument, and it still hasn't changed. You still get ripped off in boxing when you fight in the wrong city or if you fight the wrong guy. Granados literally needed to knock Adrian Broner out to win that fight. Yes. Look at this. Even if he knocked him down, right? Say he knocked him down once. He still he wouldn't still have won. He still wouldn't have won on points on two of those judges' cards. Ridiculous. I mean, that was really bad work. Now, in the fight before that, uh, really, a cat, Marcus Brown should have been disqualified for a rabbit punch on a fighter that he already had down. He hit him in the back of the head while right. he's already on the knee. Uh, just, just so much foolishness goes on in boxing. And then you watch Lamont Peterson actually square up and just be bigger in his fight that he won. But after a 16-month layoff, uh, I think he looked good for 16 months off. 
But at 47, he's not going to be able to fight like that. I don't think he would have beat anybody in that. Not know. in that top 10 in 47. No, not in that top 10. I don't think he so. He didn't look like he was up to code. No. The plotting wouldn't work. No. And now what I what I wanted to ask you is give me, off the top of your head, give me your top three to five biggest robberies boxing-wise that you can think of. In history? Yeah, since, since we're on that theme of that thing. Uh, I'll start off with Hagler. You know, I got to start off with that Hagler, that Hagler Leonard. That was one of the worst ever. Hmm, let me think. Hagler Leonard, I agree wholeheartedly. Sugar Ray didn't win that fight. And, uh, and they messed up Marvin Hagler's legacy and career because he was like the, what, the blue collar guy? He was the blue collar guy. Yeah. And I, the only thing that I'll say that you brought out is that Marvin Hagler played games with himself. Yes, he he let Sugar Ray freak out his own mind. He, <laughs> <laughs> My freak! <laughs> he did because this is when we first and foremost, this is the first time we've ever seen a championship fight at the 12 rounds. Yes. Which which moved things from 15 to 12, which I think is bad for boxing. For one, there should never be, there should never ever be an even number of rounds. Why would you have even rounds? This just doesn't, and we're not talking about evenly scored rounds. We're talking about the actual number of rounds in a contest. It used to be 15 was standard. Now you either fight 12 or 10. Doesn't it? This is just this is a setup for bad scoring. Literally, it's a setup for bad scoring, on purpose. Yeah, I mean, this is this is this. It's it's. How like, do you judge anything with an even score? It is systematic. It's like uh, it's like the racism in America. It's systematic, and this is what's going down in boxing. There's systematic cheating that happens in boxing. And okay, so you're going you're going Hagler Leonard Marvin Hagler. He allowed Sugar Ray to dictate the size of the ring, so he had this giant ring, so Sugar yeah. Ray could dance around. He had the twelve round fight. There was all this stuff, just like how you heard Granados complain the about gloves. All of these things take a, a big effect in boxing, folks. If you are just a casual boxing fan, you don't know. But the champ usually dictates a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't make it an even playing field, and then it's just not right. Well, then you have the the Floyd Mayweather Madonna fight. I actually thought uh, Madonna won that first fight. He lost the second fight soundly, but I thought he won the first the fight. First, Barely. I thought he won it. Yeah, but he put in a lot of work, and I don't really follow. At the worst case, he should have got a draw. Yeah, and I don't follow punch stats like that, but that punch stat situation where they said that he what he landed 100 or 200 punches the whole fight or something ridiculous. Something where they lied. Yeah, and then another one of the worst in history besides the Hagler is when Meldrick Taylor lost to, uh, to Julio Cesar Chavez. That was a bad one. That was terrible. And that messed up his life. That messed up his life because there was only- You're talking about people who are committed to a sport. Literally, they're committed. Their life is all about this sport. And you've never seen Chavez get destroyed like that. Oh, man. You had a few seconds left. All Meldrick Taylor needed to do was get to his feet, and Richard Steele called the fight. And saw the 10-second- Yeah, and saw He saw the light for the 10-second warning. And then he's going to run around talking about, I saved his life. I saved his life. No, no, I wonder. I wonder how much these guys that get paid- that get paid off. I wonder how much they get paid off. This is what I want to right. know. Right, and the how, how do you live with the, it? It's just I, you just I, man, it's unbelievable to me. That one with Meldrick Taylor and Julio Cesar Chavez probably was the worst one ever. It, might, it may be. The it worst. may may be the worst one. Rounds. That's fifteen rounds of punishment. Right. Meldrick Taylor never. He's his life didn't go right after that. Yes, that's like probably the worst. Marvin Hagler retired after that. Marvin Hagler Italy. still had five years left of great boxing in him. Yes. Guaranteed, especially if we're starting to fight 12 rounds. You talk about middleweights, and when they speak about great middleweight champions, you never even hear about they Marvin never even bring his name up, but he's one of the great middleweights ever. 
I mean, maybe you can rest assured if you bet on Marvin Hagler. Yes. Not that he's always going to win, even though he's going to win 98% of the time yes. or so. But the fact of the matter is he's going to be prepared. Always prepared. Always, he's always, never always. Rip you off. Never. Yeah. But that Meldrick Taylor, I mean, that that was terrible. That was literally terrible because you destroyed that guy's life. He messed up his life, Richard Steele. Yeah. Nice going, mate. <laughs> yeah. Nice going. And uh, the one that I, the one that comes jumps in my mind is Timothy Bradley, Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, that was terrible. That first Manny, that that first Bradley Pacquiao was outrageous. You know why I live with that one though? Because Manny is such a nice, gracious guy that he didn't. He said, "Well, is that the way they saw it? That's the way they saw it." He knew in his heart that he beat him. He was like, "He knew." You watch a guy like Marvin Hagler mess up his life, right? Marvin Hagler walked away from boxing, and he had still it hurt had, his feelings. Yeah, and it, it hurt his feelings. He still had a lot, a lot left in the tank. Sure did. Yeah, and Meldrick Taylor, he had a lot to cement his legacy yeah. as being the greatest middleweight after after Ray Sugar Ray Robinson. Old Ray. Yeah, after the greatest fighter of all time. Oh, my goodness. Matter of fact, let me see if I can find this clip. Oh, I got a great clip for you. Sorry, keep going about Marvin Hagler. <laughs> no, I just I can't even – I can talk about Marvin Hagler all day because he is literally one <laughs> yeah, of the – Give me your favorite Hagler fight. <laughs> you know what? I love the Hagler-Linder fight, but one of the best is John Mugabe, Marvin Hagler. That was a great fight. The Beast. Yeah. What a great nickname. Yeah, The Beast. Nobody thought that he could – they thought The Beast was going to take him down. I think he knocked The Beast out in the 10th round. He chopped him down. It was like chopping down a tree. Great Great work. He worked the body. He he was uh he switched from southpaw. That's like a smooth transition. Oh man, Marvin Hagler was just like a once in a lifetime fighter. He was always ready. And this is something that I've always. I, I'm not a big Floyd Mayweather fan, but this is something that I've always appreciated about Floyd Mayweather. He's always prepared. He's a, he never he's never playing games. He's coming in. If you aren't coming to fight tonight, you gonna get hurt and you're gonna lose because the lights aren't too bright and the lights were never ever too bright for marvelous yeah never they were never too bright for marvin Hagler. it's just it's, it's just unfortunate that the way that his career ended and if you want to spark a, a an argument with any avid fight fan go ahead and bring up that Hagler leonard decision yeah and everybody has an opinion everybody has an opinion it's pretty it's pretty crazy uh it's pretty crazy because some people professional fighters actually think leonard won and i think that's just them being caught up in the love of leonard yeah but speaking of great fighters, let me play a clip for you that you're going to love. For me? Joe, I'll tell you, Joe, do you think you would have stood a chance with me? <clears throat> well, Clay, during one time I during my career, uh, I went on a bum of a month tour. Bum of the month? I would have been a bum compared to you? Well, you'd be on the tour. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love that so much more than I can even it's just express. Everybody who knows me knows that I love Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay, whatever you want. But he could not beat Joe Lewis. Joe Lewis is my favorite heavyweight of all time. Yeah, Joe Lewis. And I, I hope that I, I get the chance to play him in a movie, lose 100 pounds, and play the Braun Bomber. Uh, I think you would that, give me a good was, Jack Johnson. I, I, I would prefer to give you Joe. Man, I'll tell you, there's some pictures when I was in Miracle St. Anna. I looked just like him. It was crazy. You gave me a good Jack crazy. Johnson, too, though. I don't know. I got to work on my tan for Jack. And I had to put him up, Sonny. Put him up. Jack was a beast. <laughs> was, but he wasn't Joe Lewis. Nobody, no. nobody gave you that brown bomber. It was a fantastic. Brown bomber. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, so wow. I can you believe? I'm still devastated by that. That I, I want to watch it again, and then I don't at the same time. I don't need to watch it again. That that fight this weekend was not worth watching again because I saw complete, it was a good fight though. Complete domination. It was a good fight in the sense of just being a good fight, but you, it was all. It was literally to me, it was one sided. Because I never felt like Broner 
was taking control of the fight, had control of the fight or anything. He started behind the eight ball. And he never could get past the guy's reach. He could never get past the guy's power. And, you know, he just – and then afterwards he's making excuses for saying he broke his hand. I don't believe that his hand is broke. I would like to see it in a cast or something. Well, they – they uh, actually, the, the they Ozone contributor, L.A. Segback, has a video with him at the hospital after the fight. Mm. Uh, where he's talking about it. so And the doctor actually asked him, how's the other guy look? And Broner says something inappropriate, of course. So, it, you know, it is what it is. What is very appropriate, my friend, I brought for you, is a coconut clean snacks. Where are Melissa's they? Produce. Uh, you can go online. You can go to Melissa's <laughs> Produce, uh, and I think it's melissasproduce.com, and you can have the most delicious snack you've ever had in your mouth. Let's read off some of these ingredients here for all my health nuts. We got, this one is cranberry crunch, chia and flaxseed. We got peanuts, cranberry, flaxseed, white sesame seeds, evaporated cane juice, uh, almonds, cashews, chia seed, honey, and sea salt. Man, I tell you, this stuff, this will give you some energy. I was just asking, where are they? Because there's nothing in the... Oh, they're, they're, <laughs> they're in my belly. Get in my belly. Man, they're so good. I prefer the coconut ones, but this is the last box that I had, actually. I actually just brought them as a reminder to go restock. Go treat yourself to something delicious. Coconut clean snacks, ladies and gentlemen, from Melissa's Produce. Check your uh, local health food store. You're going to be happy you did. Thank me later. Moving on. You see what I'm wearing right now? The Yanks. The Evil Empire. I'm wearing a Yankee shirt and not in support. A little bit in disgust because uh, there's an arbitration issue that took place over this past weekend uh, with Deline Betances, set-up man slash closer extraordinaire slash giant. Dude's a giant. For the, uh, for the New York Yankees. Young kid. And basically, they went to arbitration because Batanza said, hey, look, man, for the way that you guys use me, I need $5 million. They said, actually, you need $3 million. He's like, what? What are you talking about? And they proceeded to go to arbitration where team president Randy Levine bashed him for an hour and a half, and it has left the young man salty. Let's hear what Deline has to say. First three years, I guess, and you guys covered me. You guys been good to me. And I wanted to start out by saying that I was I was planning on putting everything behind me. And uh, you know, even though I disagree with the arbitrator's decision, you know, I was planning on putting everything behind me. Uh, you know, until I was aware of uh, Randy Levine's comments and saying I was a victim and in this whole process and, and saying how much they love me. But then, you know, they take me in a room and they trash me for about an hour and a half. And, um, you know, I thought that was unfair for me. Uh, you know, especially, I feel like I've done a lot for this organization, especially in these last three years. I've taken the ball time after time, you know. Whenever they, they needed me, I was there for them. You know, I never said no. Whenever Girardi said, you want the ball, I got it. And for me, I, I just felt like this whole process was unfair, you know. Uh, you know, we try to come into middle grounds and, and nothing really happened. So, you know, that's all I have to say. I'm open for any question. Miguel, you're clearly pitching for this team this year. So how do you put this whole process behind you, knowing what's been said on both sides? Uh, for me, it's easy. You know, I love, I love playing. I love competing for my teammates. I love competing in front of the fans, uh, my hometown fans. So for me, it's easy. You know, this, this is probably the last day I'm going to talk about this. And, I just wanted to get it off my chest because it's usually I don't say as much, but I felt like it's right. Um, and you know, now now I learn how this whole process works, and, and you know, I know what, what what this is all about. Billy, 
Dylan, I, I imagine you were probably pretty well re prepared going into yesterday to hear some maybe unpleasant, unpleasant things. What was it? Uh, actually, what was it like actually hearing them? And was there anything in particular that you know really bothered you about the whole experience? Well, for me, for me, uh, you know, I, I was definitely prepared. You know, I was definitely prepared. You know, for me, what bothered me is that, you know, I put my heart and soul into this game so much. And for those guys, you know, some of those. Come on, man. That's terrible. I mean, George Steinbrenner is probably rolling over in his grave because the Yankees are trying to cut corners. And the Yankees are known for paying people. And this kid, if he gets into the, when he gets into the open market now, because they've probably given him the reason to walk away. The, the interview continues to go on to say he's going to make free agency a little bit easier for him. Yeah, and he will be. And the, by a little bit, he means a lot. <laughs> yeah, and he will be the most dominant closer in baseball, period. Let's I'm not at, a Robles let's, Chapman. Let's, let's look at 2016. He went three and six. I think he did get, he did tire out at one point, if you remember. Mm -hmm. uh, he had a 308 ERA. He appeared in 73 games. Now, this is a combination, folks, of him being a setup man and a closer, pitching multiple innings. Consistently, daily, mm -hmm. almost mm -hmm. at one point, yeah. Because you remember when they were going to when they looked like they were going to make the playoffs, right? He was there every night. Mm -hmm. uh, Twelve saves, he blew. I think he blew four saves, four or five saves. But this is the number that is going to blow your mind, baseball fans. Seventy-three innings pitched, a hundred and twenty-six strikeouts. In his career, he's pitched two hundred fifty-four point two innings. 404 strikeouts. That is crazy. This kid gets you out of there. And his stuff is bananas. I mean, this, you know. He throws 100 miles an hour. He has a breaking ball that they don't even have a name for. They call it the knuckle curve, but yeah. they, they don't really have a name for it. And nobody can really hit him unless he's tired. That's he, it. And he's like 6'8", 6'9", or something crazy. We saw him Two, in person. He's probably <laughs> close to 300 pounds. This is a giant. He's a giant. And you're a big guy. And, and and he, oh, yeah, I'm a big guy. He's, he's big, a giant. And he's way bigger than you. He, you know what? He's Honestly, not a little bit bigger than you. He was way No, no, bigger. no. He's he he being next to that dude made me feel like what it's like when you're next to Shaq. Yeah. Like that kind of like massive. Yeah, yeah like, he's massive. You're like maybe. I'm surprised he can hold a baseball in his hand. Goliath kind of size. Because his, we saw him. His hands are humongous. His head is humongous. He's just a big, big guy. And if he's on that bump, he's right on top he's of you. He's on top of you. He's letting that ball go, and it's in your kitchen. So if it's throwing like if he's throwing like 95, 98, if you're at the dish. He's throwing 98. Don't, don't cheat him. He's yeah, throwing I'm just 98, saying, I'm just, which means that perceived, he's coming 105. Yes. And, you know, and it's and it's terrible because all he wanted to do was get paid. And he got paid. He got his $3 million. But it's not enough but, but from what the, he, what, the, what the going market is for a guy like him. He, I think he said he was looking for – it was either four or five that he was looking for, and the arbitrator sided with the Yankees after they trashed him. And um, What's the mindset of going in there and trashing your players? I don't understand. And then go to spring training. Oh, well, dude, you know, I was just playing. It's that fraternity kind of mindset. Right. Like, I'm going to haze you and whoop your ass for, for, <laughs> for a whole semester. Spitting your Cheerios and, then, and everything yeah, else. exactly. And then we're going to be brothers. No, yeah, right. You must be joking. Got a little cool mo D on that one. No chance. Zero percent no. chance that that's going down. No. And Deline, I think the Yankees really messed up because if Deline has any sort of fatigue or anything this year, when they ask him if he wants to go, he's probably gonna be like, eh, you know what? I don't, I don't feel good today. Yeah, I don't know if I got it. And it's unfortunate because nowadays there's a great article that you can find on a, uh, the Ozone Facebook page for baseball fans. You can find a lot of great information on our Facebook page. Um, but there's, there's an article that we're going to put up with Goose Gossage. Goose Gossage did an interview 
down there uh, getting ready for spring training where he basically, Goose Gossage is a loose cannon, <laughs> where he basically said don't compare anybody in the modern era to guys like him and his set of relievers in the 70s because these one-inning relievers don't even shouldn't even be in the same sentence as him. He said, I love Mariano Rivera. He said, but don't compare what Mo did to what I had to do. He said, I used to go out there every night and and literally pitch three innings. He said, and that's when the save was a save. And that's what he said. He said the the one inning he got the three run save the the three run lead save is the most disgusting thing he's ever seen. If you hear him it speak on disgusting. it, and he's talking about how Mike Marshall once, literally as a closer, won fifteen games for the Dodgers, <laughs> and he's talking about now the work is actually on guys like Batanzas, the setup guys, because the setup guys come in with guys on base. And to they, set it up for the closer so that you have that three-run lead in the ninth. And also so that he has a clean slate when he comes in. Yes. Really, really. And now they've made up that stat of the hold. Yeah, which is whack. Yeah. Because it's not as valuable as the save. But in real life, all baseball players know if you can't hold the lead, that's it. <laughs> what do I need to save for? Exactly. And now you got guys like this who really the only reason that he's a middle relief guy is because they had Miller, Batances, and Araldis Chapman. Right. That guy's a closer just waiting to be named. That's all. That's all it is to it. And he's as good as any closer in baseball, including Zach Britton, including Araldis Chapman. They wouldn't have trashed him if they didn't get Araldis. They wouldn't have trashed him. They sure wouldn't have. And they would have wow. made him an arm and a leg. Wow. That's a good yeah. point. I didn't even think of that. But they got Araldis back, so now, hey, you know what? Let's get let's take the discount out on his ass. That's it, because we overpaid Araldis. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Because not cool. It's not cool, because Araldis has shown cracks in his armor. Not that he's a, a bum by any means, right? But he's, he, you know, I don't know, man. This is, I just, I found that to be pretty disturbing. And I, I, I going into the baseball season, into spring trainings, a lot to cover. Obviously, we're excited. Baseball is actually our favorite sport, so yes, sir. Uh, it, it, it's about to fire up soon, as is the World Baseball Classic. But we'll cover that on next week's episode. Whew, man, I'm parched. I could use a nice gorilla life. Mm. You know what? Did you know that at GorillaLife.com, you can enjoy one of the greatest drinks for your insides that's around. Water, chlorophyll, agave, maybe honey, maybe unsweetened if you're nasty. And, uh, man, that stuff, it oxygenates your blood, fights cancerous cells, helps regulate your blood pressure. It's all good. GorillaLife.com, folks. Life in a bottle. Very healthy show. We're healthy dudes. Come on, man. I'm trying to get myself together. I work alongside one of the biggest fitness icons in the world. Actually, the biggest fitness icon yeah. in the world. I got to have my act together. It's standing next to Big Dwayne, to DJ. Woo! Got to move into a disturbing portion of the Ozone, which is this unfortunate trend, not just in sports, but nationwide, worldwide, of child molestation. This is ridiculous. And child molestation has reared its ugly head into... Uh, uh, sports, especially. Now we just saw the we just saw the the headline break last week. The Jerry Sandusky of disgraced child molestation fame of Penn State is uh, his son. This is his son is now accused of child molestation, and I think one of the most disturbing parts of molestation is that it's a sickness that seems like they want to pass it on. Right. It's almost like a virus. It's like a virus. It's looking for a host, and then it's looking for the next host. And once you're victimized, it seems as though you either go one of two ways. You either completely buck against it, or you actually start to to participate in this Trying to stop it. Some, yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's happened with the Sandusky situation, and now it's happened... 
in the U.S. gymnastics, you come to find 60 Minutes had a great piece on last night. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, I've seen blurbs of it, and they said that at least 368 gymnasts have been allegedly sexually exploited. Listen to some of this. Listen to this. For their assignments, USA Gymnastics told us it has long had a policy that adult staff should avoid being alone with a minor. How often were you alone with him? Most of the time. Just in the treatment area or also in your bedroom? In our um, cabins. Uh-huh. They're like cabins, yeah. So that's like your bedroom? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did the Carolis know that Dr. Nasser was alone with you for these treatments? Yeah. H- how do you know that? Well, they had to know. I mean, there, w- there was no one else sent with him. And that's the thing, too, to think, like, why, like, in, in the bed? Why would it, like, the treatment was in the bed, in my bed that I slept on at the ranch. Bella and Mark. <sighs> Come on, man. Are you kidding me? Well, hey, you want to you talk about something disturbing? You... you Listen to this. The, the, if you if you hear the details of the actual treatment that this guy You're is sick. giving them, he said, "Listen, listen to what this guy did. Listen to this." It felt so comfortable with. They called him Larry. All the girls liked Larry. He was like my buddy. He was on my side. He was so sure of himself. And as a young girl, you're confused. You don't know what's going on. Jessica Howard was the U.S. national champion in rhythmic gymnastics from 1999 to 2001. Very creative, innovative skills. Jeanette Antolin competed with the U.S. national team from 1995 to 2000. She helped UCLA win three national championships. Jamie Dancher won a bronze medal in the 2000 Olympics and was recently inducted into UCLA's Athletic Hall of Fame. She's taken the apple cart and flipped it upside down. They were teenagers in a sport where injuries are common, and the professional they turned to for help staying in competition was this man, seen here in instructional videos he posted. Hold on, don't use, you can use some of that, Ernie, but I'm trying to get the thing. Hold on one second. Put his fingers inside of me um, move my leg around. He would tell me I was going to feel a pop and that that would put my hips back and help my back pain. Were you then, when he first did that procedure? I was either 13 or 14. I was... Come on, man. Are you kidding me? No, unfortunately, because this guy is a predator. And, and they here, always, then this is what you they find. They hide in plain sight, and they're just a normal guy. You got, you got these kids that they gave, that parents entrusted this guy with, and the whole system was set up for him to be, you know, hunting, pretty much. That's pretty much what it was. And everybody, just like in the Penn State Sandusky situation, everybody just turns a blind eye yeah, to like, this. Yeah, like, oh, well, you know, and that's not acceptable. I don't care what Th- you're going to They're talking about since they're nine years old yeah. to when they're 18. This one girl speaks, she goes on to speak about it, and she says that it wasn't until she was 18, 19 years old yes. when she found out after the fact. She was like, oh, that wasn't treatment? Right. She was so sold out. She believed so much. She had so much trust in this guy. Well, you would have to figure that if your parents send you off to this camp and she said, and they're telling you, hey, go with these people. We trust them. 
do whatever they say exactly. and don't cause a problem. And don't cause a problem. This is our And we're paying. Yeah. And here we go. And they're children. They're, they're children. They're, they're babies. They're ba- so they're basically trusting And they're out you. at a ranch. Exactly. This is This is literally, it's a setup. Yeah. I have no si- it, I, no sympathy for guys like him. No, 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 no. They 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 should publicly castrate this dude. Yeah, they should publicly castrate him. They should they should and everybody and anybody else, else like him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Anybody else is liking him. That fool Jared from Subway. Yeah, uh, who who and Whoever. you name them. You name them. Sandusky. All of them. All of them. Line them up. I'm down. Give I give them a nose job if if they need <laughs> it. I will bust a nose up easy on this one. This is just a sick. It's it's disgusting and and but what it what it what else it is, it goes to speak to where we are in the country when it comes to the state of sports, and what that is as a part of growing up. Sport is supposed to be a pure place, a place where you learn so much about life with competition right. and responsibility and de- discipline, dedication and commitment, and all these different great Team. things. Yeah, and uh, and and accomplishing through unity and all these right. different things. And then you have these people, maybe the, the sickest part of this is that all of these people set themselves up to be in position to hunt the weak. Yes. Children are innocent, and they're waiting for an, uh, an opportunity to take advantage of this situation. These little girls are in a cabin, and this guy's going They're over. at a ranch. They yes. go away to a ranch. Yes. And they're all in away a cabin. Away from home. Away from home. And here he goes. He can't, a guy like him probably can't wait. He's been waiting. He just he just can't wait. This guy can't wait to get his hands on people. And I tell you what, they should just line him up and let and just do a little gauntlet and let everybody beat the shit out of him just through the whole thing. I have no mercy, no sympathy, or no nothing. I don't even want to hear any excuse about you having a problem or it happening to you. You're an adult. You have to make adult decisions. If you have a problem and you can't control yourself, do what's right. You can't do that. I can tell you that much. You can't do that. Uh, and this is so disturbing. I mean, and especially when you watch, you know, we watch the Olympics, we watch the the World Championships, especially growing up, and how how much all of these these kids are um, accoladed and whatnot, and then all of the pressure. There's so much pressure as somebody who excelled in um, as somebody who excelled in youth sports. I recognize how much pressure there is for a kid. Right. And yet, I was able to come home to a safe house with <laughs> a whole bunch of people that wanted to continue to compete. So it was all good. But you're talking about they're out of the camp separated. I mean, this this thing really disturbs me that they're out of way, especially being somebody with a lot of nieces and whatnot. And it's a a situation that really, you know, as as a parent, it puts you in a really bad spot where you have to potentially have your kids miss out on stuff. Yes, who can you trust? Just for sake, nobody, nobody. And parents that are listening, you didn't recognize that. You can't trust people with your kids, man. This yeah. is this is a sanctioned body. Because what happens is that once this happens, it generationally, what are the repercussions, you know? Well, the girl goes on to speak in this and she goes on to say how she's this has ruined her and ruined her life. And now uh uh Senator Diane Feinstein had something very interesting to say about it and the repercussions. Let's hear her real quick. Our pornography charges. An association has a responsibility, or should have a responsibility, and that is to take care of its members. And do you think USA Gymnastics has done that? No. Senator Dianne Feinstein is the ranking member of the Senate Judiciary Committee. She's met with the women we interviewed and other gymnasts 
and is now working on legislation to correct what she sees as a problem in the reporting of sexual abuse complaints. If an amateur athletic association like USA Gymnastics receives a complaint, an allegation, they must report it right away to local police and the United States attorney. So this wouldn't apply just to gymnastics. It would apply to all Olympic sports that have a national governing body? All amateur athletic organizations, that's right. Now, why would an adult have to be told to report something like that? I, this is the part that, that is just boggling to me, mind-boggling. You witness this, like that guy that, that witnessed it in the Sandusky situation. He right. goes in the, in the bathroom. He sees Sandusky messing around with a boy in the shower, and he turns, he, he walks just walks out. away. That yeah. guy needs to go to prison, too. He does. Sometimes life puts you in bad spots. That guy hadn't done anything wrong. But sometimes life puts you in a bad spot, and when you're in that bad spot, you have to do the right thing in that kind of situation. And you're sitting around coaching discipline, and what discipline is this that you're coaching when you turn your back on somebody who needs help? You know, you're supposed to be teaching somebody about the disciplines of life because the sports usually transcends whatever it is that you're playing. So you don't just go in and see a situation like that and walk out. You say, hey, you know what? This is my responsibility. I need to say something. I need to do something. Just became your responsibility. It just became my responsibility. I didn't ask for it, but it's something that needed to be life done. put me in this spot. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's a terrible look. It's a terrible look. And then they always want to throw some money at it. That doesn't fix anything. It doesn't fix anything. It's like the LAPD beating the crap out of that lady on the side of the, the freeway. Right. The and highway patrol. Her, yeah, they give her five, six million dollars. Yeah. Of the taxpayers' money, by the way. Right. As though that's cool. And then the guy gets a, gets leave. He, he's supposed to have been helping her out from what he you, was saying. You know? Yeah, yeah, you, you helped her out. That that knot that she needed, that hematoma you gave her on her head really helped her out. 200-pound man beating up on an old lady. Come on, dude. Unbelievable. Well, moving on from there... Uh, you know, we got a new world number one in the world of golf. I don't really talk much golf, but I, I, we have? I have voted myself. I've, I've dedicated myself, bruh. I've, dedica I've dedicated myself to say that I'm going to become a good golfer. I see all these celebrities in the pro-ams and everything, and they're never good golfers. And um, every now and then. But I, I want to be good. And I feel like with my hand-eye coordination, I should be able to get it done. I mean, the ball's not moving. And I'm not discounting any golf because I've been out there and I know it's tough. Um, yeah. So at the uh, at the Genesis Open, by the way, that new Hyundai Genesis is pretty nice. Mm -hmm. At the Genesis Open, uh, out at the Riviera Country Club in the Pacific Palisades, which I have played, which was very nice at the Mercedes-Benz Invitational, um, Dustin Johnson cruised to his first title in 2017 and took over the world number one rank, so wow. it says. It's pretty interesting because he could have broke a record, but... Uh, you know, he kind of took it easy on the last day. It just makes me think about it because these individual sports are just, it's all on your performance, which is an element of that that I love. And then there's an element of it that's a trip because he collected a little more than $1.2 million just for that particular tournament. Wow. Yeah. When you win in the individual sport, you win <laughs> in and general. Now, who do you split that purse with? With your caddy? I think you split it with the, the whole team. Mm. Not your sponsors, obviously. Yeah, but, but, you but how, how many people, <laughs> I hope not, but how many people are on your team? In golf? Uh, definitely your caddy. I would imagine you have some sort of a manager and an agent. Um, and your trainer, blah, 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 that you probably are just on your payroll. But, uh, yeah, you know, they're, they're, that's a good question. I don't have a, a, a firm answer on who is all on a golf squad. But I know it's a team. That's the crazy part about the individual sports is that even in 
even in an individual sport, there's a team. Right. Even in tennis, you have a team of coaches and trainers and blah, 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 blah. Boxers. Everything. It's yeah. a team. Life is a team sport. Yeah. It's wild, man. What else is wild? Did you see this news about Darrell Revis knocking them fools out in Pittsburgh? No. What? You didn't see this? No, Revis cut loose. Revis Isle. Somebody was talking yeah, reckless. Revis Isle got dialed. Somebody was talking reckless to Revis in Pittsburgh. And and as goes the footage, the police showed up. Uh, there's some audio footage. It's all over on TMZ. There's some audio footage saying, oh, you better shut up or you're going to end up knocked out like your boy. <laughs> and, then, and then your man is knocked out. Two guys knocked out. Revis just turned himself in. It's not a laughing matter. He's charged with four felonies. Felonies? Four felonies. Out. I don't know what all happened, but uh, Revis Isle, he's got some serious stuff going. I hope it works out. Yeah. I hope they get down to the bottom of it because actually I, I've uh, hung out with Darrell a couple of times and he didn't come off like a wild boy. Now, did uh, they approach him or something? That's what that's what Revis is saying. Revis is saying that he was approached and some guys decided to, to test. And once again, we've talked about this before in the Ozone. You don't want to tussle with the professional athlete. No, it's real. It's The size is real. Yeah. They're professionals for a reason. And, and especially football players. And they're they're aggressive. aggressive. And he took him to Revis Isle. And he, <laughs> and he, gave, they have a nice vacation. he gave him an overnight stay. <laughs> Both of them. I don't know what happened. I don't want to laugh at anybody because I don't know what happened. But I know that he, a couple of fools, ended up knocked out, and he they told got him, and he told him he was going to dial him up, and he dialed up their number. You just dial him up and tell <laughs> him what you want. Arevis is on the main line. Tell him what you want. Arevis uh. is on the main line. He, man, hallelujah. And a uh, couple last things, little notes and tips. The NBA is going back to Africa. They're going to play an exhibition game this I summer in Africa. That. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is. And it only makes sense, especially since they're starting to get a few players from there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this should be this should be a, uh, it's going to be in Johannesburg. Maybe we can go to that. That would be awesome. That would be awesome, man. And then go on a safari night. That would be awesome. Verbal. Go get your dog. <laughs> he wants a verbal so bad. <laughs> and last but not least, folks, I want to send out a big fat RIP to somebody who I loved growing up. Absolutely loved. George the Animal Steel, ladies and gentlemen. George the Animal Steel gave years of service in the WWF. And, uh, man, he was a hairy guy. Purple tongue, right? <laughs> George the Animal Steel's move was to literally start eating the turnbuckle. That's just awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Steel. Wow. You're an animal. Yeah, George the Animal Steel, boy. They get us all. If you are going to do anything in this life, you have to be motivated to go get it. I he went, went to it. He went and got it. I went to a great memorial yesterday for Tom Hayden, and man, was it inspirational. This guy single-handedly invested in people who then in turn invested in the world, and that was his way to make the world a better place. It's awesome that he can make that kind of impact even in death. Exactly. That's somebody like me. Look mm -hmm. at that. I I knew the guy for all of 15, 20 minutes through a FaceTime through my friend uh, Troy Garrity, his father. And uh, and he influenced me, and then I go and I, I I go to his memorial, and thinking I'm being a good friend to Troy, and I get blessed. It was wild, man. It was uh, life is crazy. It's unbelievable. Whoo! All right, folks. Another spirited edition of the Ozone. Drop some science on your mind, boy. And I want to leave you with a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson. The reason why the world lacks unity and lies broken and in heaps is because man is disunited with himself. 
Unify your mind, body, and soul, folks. This is the Ozone. Thanks for rocking with us. Ozone. Ready or 